Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your guy, Aaron, and you are tuned into Fatherhood is Dope, the podcast. I'm super excited. Y'all know we live right now on YouTube, so anything is bound to happen, including delays, but we here, we figured it out, so shout out to my producer for making it happen. But without delay, man, I want to get right into it, man. I got my guy, RL, on the podcast, man. I'm so yeah. geeked to have him. So I appreciate you. Oh, for appreciate sure. You. No, I I appreciate you, man. So everybody knows that this is Mr. RL, you know, of next. Sometimes, man, I see it. Sometimes people say formerly of next, but I know y'all still, y'all still brothers, y'all still doing it. We gonna get into that. But RL <laughs> of next, he who is a, a artist, a songwriter, uh, an entertainer, a husband, a father, and according to his Instagram page and those who I know who know him personally and all around stand up dude, man. So I, I just want to watch. Yes, for sure for sure hey you know I, I just want to go ahead and break the ice because you've been in the game for for a while you got longevity everybody knows that but i'm going to go ahead and just ask this question for the ladies because they want to okay. know they want to know how you i'm, I'm i want to put it like they put it like how you <laughs> how you saying how, how you staying fine how you still looking like you look when you got in the game bro Man, I try to live as stress-free as possible, and I think it's it's really about diligence and trying to stay on schedule, even with the pandemic and everything that's going on. Um, I grew up on an itinerary, you know, 23 years in the game, so having an itinerary and having a schedule, it's easy to go, well, hey, you know, everybody got to be home. I could just chill, but I still get up at 4.30 in the morning. I try to keep really good habits, and I try to take any negativity possible and remove it because stress will age you, man. And having negative people around you, negative situations, any of that energy can really age you. So, you know, good genes, I gotta thank my mom and my daddy, but you know, I, I try to just keep myself together, man. And it's funny, cause I'll run into people and they almost expect me to be doing bad. They'd be like, oh, you you, you look like you're doing all right. I'm like, well, thanks. It's like, you know, you thought I was a crackhead or something, you know? Like, it's, they, they expect me to be, you know, not, I guess, uh, the word is fa falling off, but I, I just really take pride in the fact that I feel like I have a responsibility of of a of a whole era that I have to represent. So when you see me, I'm representing not only next, but it's Jagged, One Twelve, Drew Hill, all these other amazing groups that we got to represent for each other. So when you see one of us at the grocery store or the barbershop on the street, we got to yeah. be you know keeping it you know a hundred. Hey, hey, that's so real. It's on everything I love. You just named all the groups that I'm gonna ask you about here in a second. But it's it's, it's cool that you say that. So it's 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 a trifold thing happening right here. You said you gotta thank your parents for the genetics and then just keeping this whole cycle, this routine, which which is really hard to do, honestly, you know, between the, the quarantine, the pandemic, the COVID, um, the uncertainty, you know, you you are an artist, you're on the road. And a lot of that has come to a screeching halt, man. And so just to hear you talk about this whole, uh, really what I hear is discipline. Yeah, but you, yeah, but it's funny because a lot of lessons that I was taught years ago and you think, okay, well, I never have to really execute or exercise this, this, this knowledge that was given to me. This is the time. The work that I put in all those early years where I didn't go to the club, I didn't hang out like, you know, with my guys and do the things that I probably wanted to do at the moment. And I stayed diligent and continued to stay in the studio, really paid off 20 something years later to where there's a pandemic and we can't be on the road. But luckily for me, publishing, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it was actually a blessing. So one of my favorite sayings is, do what you have to do now so you can do what others can't do later. You know what I mean, so now, all that work that I had to do before where I'd be like, man, I gotta be in the studio, I gotta write this record, I gotta do this and do that. Now I'm able to be home and believe me, of course I want all the money. So I wanna be on the road, but truthfully this is a perfect time to get centered, be more around my family, spend more time with my daughter um, and really see how dedicated I really can be with staying diligent and focused even though all this stuff is going on around me in the world. Hey, we right back, man. Yo, I appreciate y'all bearing with us, man. I'm over here thinking that RL froze up and I'm getting text messages and calls like, yo, you froze. But you know what's crazy though? This what's is that? just like this just like fatherhood. Something always yeah. come in the mix and you just gotta maneuver 
and make it work. So that's what we doing. So it ain't even no, it ain't nothing. Let's go. Yeah, that's how we do it. It's all love. Now I know you was talking about uh, what we left off this whole discipline thing, man. I don't know if you still got that thought, but we can move oh, yeah, on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, go no, for no, it. No, it was just saying that you know during the pandemic, you know, a lot of artists, you know, especially you know not being able to tour, is making it real tight. But yeah. it's a blessing that you know I, I learned a long time ago and was taught. You do what you have to do now, so you can do whatever you want to do later. So all the work I put in all those years ago allowed me to be able to be pretty comfortable with publishing and things like that. Well, of course, I want all the paper. I want every bag possible. But I'm able to chill out, spend more time with my family, get more in tune with my daughter and her daily things because you know, being on the road, a lot of times I'm removed from that. Now it's every day, daddy, daddy, play with me. Play. We playing with dolls and dress up and I'm like, nah, baby, daddy can't put on no dress. Now I'll hold the dog for you. This, this, this is actually a great time to better yourself and get more in tune with yourself and refine yourself. So everything yeah. happens for a reason. Man, that's love. I, uh, I, I've been trying to do that myself. I'm, I'm hoping that the majority of us have tried to find that, that sweet spot where you can still be productive, but also take advantage of you know, these still moments that we have with our families that a lot of us probably, you know, you don't get this time again. Or if you do, it just comes with another cost. Right. Yo, so I, I got a question for you, man. I, first of all, I have to let you know that you are still featured on my favorite soundtrack of all time. Oh, and wow. I don't think, and I don't think that there's a soundtrack that can top it, honestly, because they just don't they don't do our films like this anymore. Right. I uh, wish they did. You, you already know, for those of y'all who hadn't figured it out, my mom watching this, she already know what I'm talking about, and that's the Best Man soundtrack. Man. Yo, yo, I mean, everybody on that soundtrack, legendary, including you, man. Oh, man, appreciate it. You know, I, I've talked to the director, and I, I was hoping that when he did the Best Man Holiday that we would revisit something in some way or another, but um, it never happened. We've never even performed a song live together. I, it was... Wow. I think me, Genuine and Case, we all had a show together and we just bum rushed G set and just started singing a song a little bit, but Tyrese wasn't there. So, you know, yeah. I'm hoping that one day NAACP awards something, especially at a time like this, you know, we really need to be, you know, preaching brotherhood. I think it would be a perfect time to perform that somewhere. Yeah, man, speaking of just performing these songs somewhere and I hope NAACP Image Award producers check this out, right? But but um, I, I got to get this out of the way too because then we got to transition into like the current time, man. But, you know, I can't have an interview with RL without just appealing to all of us R&B lovers, man, who who love this this amazing track, the duet that you did with Deborah Cox. We can't oh, be wow, friends. Thanks, man. Of course, of course, which is celebrating 21 years this this upcoming September. So a couple of questions around that real quick. One, do people still ask you to perform that song? Um, all the time. And the funny thing is, uh, her and I have only performed that record one time ever together. I was heated because I've seen that she was performing it with like um, Kenny Lattimore, which who I love. He's dope. But I'm like, that's no awesome. You know, no so we, we, we did it one time early on for the like Lady of Soul Awards, which they don't even have anymore. And it was a great yeah. performance. And I always wonder why we didn't do it again. We ran into each other last year at uh, Hartsfield Airport. And um, we took like a little selfie or whatever and I posted it and it went viral. It was like, people were saying, I thought y'all couldn't be friends. And I didn't even realize, you know, I guess I'm from a different time where you know, we just took a pic, I just posted, it was simple. Next thing you know, yeah. it's just everywhere. And I was like, oh, okay. So it, it yeah. made me, realize how important our music that we made together was and, and how much of an impact it made. So, you know, that's, that's always a blessing. Yeah. So you got the duet with, with Deborah Cox and you're on the track with Tyrese case and genuine. So have you ever thought about doing like a duet album with a female artist? Like we saw a uh, baby face do that with Tony Braxton a, a couple of years ago. Like, have you ever considered that? And if, if you have like, who would she be? Who's out there? Um, well, we also had the record, um, If You Leave, with Destiny Child as well, um, which was yeah. cool. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I can't say that I've thought about it, 
but for me, it would probably be some totally abstract. It'd be like Shania Twain or something like that because yeah. I just love all types of music, gospel, country, you name it. If it was R&B, it would probably be Brandy because I'm a big really? fan. Yeah, and, but I'm waiting on Coco from SWV to send me these files back for this duet we're doing for my project. So there's so many great female vocalists, it'd be hard to go, okay, just this one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel it. Yo, I got chills up my spine when you said both of those names because Coco is, is off the charts and Brandy is the entire chart. So right. you really can't go with either one of them. You really you really can't go wrong, man. Yo, I, I want to pivot here a little bit. You know, we have like a huge elephant in the room. We talking we touched on it a little bit earlier with the whole, you know, COVID-19 pandemic, but then there is the riot, there's the protest. You, you're in Atlanta right now, right? Yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised north side of Minneapolis where everything got ignited. So yeah. I went back, I actually went back um, and, and um, had a meeting with the police chief. So, man, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, so being from Minneapolis, you know, that's where, for just a point of reference for those of you all watching, I mean, that's literally, that's the place where George Floyd uh, was murdered is, is one of the places that served as the catalyst, or they say well, that broke the camel's back. And while we see all of this outrage across the country right mm -hmm. now. And so I did want to know, so you said you went back, you met with the police chief between being from Minneapolis and, you know, having ties and or residing in the, in the Georgia Atlanta area. Uh, I'm really interested to know, like, how do you find yourself engaging in this time beyond the other obvious circumstances that just comes along with, you know, being a black man. Well, it's funny because I was really cautious when it the first when it first happened with um, Mr. Floyd because it also happened with Philandro. You know, what I'm saying back yeah. home, and it was another uh, police involved murder, um, maybe a year after that, and I went and we demonstrated a little bit outside of the police station. But I've never been one to try to I, I how can i say it? you know it's funny we we're in a culture now where if i didn't post it it didn't happen so and i don't believe in that you know what i'm saying like um i you know it's it's one thing to post a meme or a picture or you know which is straight it's it's, it's beautiful but i really want to do something much more um impactful if i can without being in the forefront because a lot of times i think that people try to show their face so they can get props or to um, market and promote themselves. And for me, it's always about the victim. It's always about the family. So it's been really hard. I went back home and, you know, a lot of the cities burnt down, you know, but yeah. I also found out that there were a lot of white supremacists that were doing a lot of that damage and blaming us. So when I met, when I went and met with the police chief, my biggest thing was how can we fix the relationship between black men and the police, because it starts with the black man. Because once you can, you know, uh, dehumanize the head of the household and make him feel like less than, then it trickles down anyway. You know what I'm saying? So I look at it like, I, well, I asked the police chief, I said, you can't tell me one little boy in the hood that wants to be a police officer that isn't from a law enforcement family. We used to come from a time when you had an officer on your block and you kind of put him on a pedestal. He was a police officer. Oh, can I see your badge? Is that a real gun? Can I play with your siren? And they victimized us so much that there isn't a respect. You know, there's almost like a respectful fear that I have for my father. My father's 60 some years old. Could he probably realistically beat Are me you? up? Probably. Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right here. Okay. Yeah, I'm right here. Um, but but as I was saying about my father, like realistically, I couldn't. There's a there's a level of fear, but it's a respect fear, not a fear of oh my god. But it's that there's a certain fear that you have for somebody of authority. I think yeah, that people are are taking that authority and that trust and misusing it. And it, what I hate to hear a lot is. What about the black on black crime? Or what about, you know, the three black boys that, you know, kidnapped the white special needs kid? The truth is this. 
I have a 24-year-old son. And when he was in high school, if he had told me some student was picking on him, keeping it real, I'm old school, I'd probably be like, look, you make an example. Yeah. You don't start it, but you finish it. And if you get suspended, we'll go get ice cream. This is your one pass. <laughs> but if my son comes home and he says, a teacher, a principal, a coach, an authoritative figure did it, then that's a whole different level. We're supposed to hold these prestigious roles at a higher level of esteem, and they're misusing that, and they're trying to use examples of what happens with civilians and what we do, and saying, well, look at what y'all do. It's a totally different thing. I think that once we fix the relations of police officers, like I found out that if you lived in a community, you couldn't like work for that precinct. Who's gonna care more, more about their community than a cop in their in their neighborhood. So yes. we have to find a way to have to, to build up a new generation of kids that want to take pride and police their 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 people. Because yes. right now you have people coming in and now they, they work for this precinct and they know nothing about the neighborhoods. They do look at us as, as a zoo. They can't relate to us. They look at us as animals. So there is no person to person contact. So one thing that I told you know, Chief Arredondo was, we need to have it where, you know, the first six months on a job, maybe every two weeks you get paid, but you go to a community center, learn the yeah. kids, learn people, because then you might meet somebody and go, he's a good kid. His his bark is bigger than his bite. I'm going to take him home to his mom. That's going to be worse than me taking him to jail. That's how oh, it used to be old school. So I think that those are the things that need to be fixed because cops been beating on us forever. The, the difference is, as, as Will Smith said, there's cameras now, but we have yeah. to find a way to fix the relationship. Do I think personally um, ending the police is what's going to work? No, because listen, if somebody breaking in my house, I'm going to grab my strap, but I'm calling 911, okay? Let's keep it 100. There are um, many amazing yeah. police officers, but right now, they got a, a stain, they got a stain uniform, and they got to clean that up. So, you know, going home and seeing what happened, People are just tired, and 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 I yeah. mean, a lot of the city burnt up. I'm talking about whole blocks gone. Minneapolis, crazy. Yeah. All right, so if you just if you're just joining us, you know we live right now. My special guest is Ariel. Right now, we're just touching basis on the fact that Ariel is actually from Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, where George Floyd was murdered. He's going back home. He's talked to the police chief. He's talked to his 24-year-old son, Charles, about just how to navigate this thing, man. And, yeah, and but you you touched on something that I, we don't have to get too deep in it, but I do want you to expand on just a little bit, man, because it's a lot of folks watching this or just on social media, and you hear a lot of rhetoric around like defund the police and and other and that's that's one of the big ones, you know, which is something we, we talk about in my household, right? Um but, you know, I'm thinking about all of the narratives that's happening. I talk a lot on my social media about like the spiritual narrative and the social narrative. And uh, and folks, they want to move past just, you know, sometimes in, in the church you hear, well, let's just pray about it. And now you got people who want to take it to the streets. And so, man, can you just speak to that, like your your perspective on uh, addressing both of those narratives? Because I know you're a man of faith. Uh, your, your IG What's says you're, you're a God lover. So. How are you able to like to navigate the spiritual narrative? Because I know you're praying about it, but then the, the social narrative as well. And do they collide for you? Um, no, because I I feel like um, I'll say it like this. I think the biggest issue with us is we're too concerned with everyone's journey instead of the destination. And what I mean by that is, okay, you got Kaepernick, right? Yeah. Man, risked it all noble like one day we're going to be having him in the history books right oh, sure. and then you have jay-z right corporate he looks at it somewhat the og way like i got to get in the building first learn how to navigate then we could take over for me both ways are right they're two different journeys they're both headed in the same direction but we're so busy picking sides all the time which is what they want. We lose sight of the destination concerning ourselves with everybody's journey. 
when everybody's journey's different. If you just want to pray about it, cool. If you want to post all day and put up pictures of, you know, black power, different things. If you want to go and you want to take and put up uh, videos of different police brutality situations, great. There are so yeah. many different ways to fight. You know what I'm saying? And I think that we're always concerning ourselves with this man's journey and how he plans to get there that we forget we should be helping each other get there. Um, and I think that's yeah. the big thing. So of course, I think there are you know a younger generation that are like, we tired of, of just saying, pray about it. But the truth is a lot of these pastors was OGs that really was about that life. And now they yeah. just a little older and they got too much to lose. So, yeah. you know, for me, I, I couldn't go up there when they burning up the city. I do got, I got a three-year-old daughter. I do got too much to lose, but I'll come up there to try to help you rebuild it. Let's figure out a way to get some of these black developers in and you invest in your own community, We're trying to find different ways that we can win. So there's all these different opportunities and options. The truth is though, once we realize we're all headed in the same direction, we can be pulling each other to get there together. Say less, say less. So I already know. So I already, I told you that my mom is watching this. So I just want to speak uh, to <laughs> to the ladies. Hey, yeah, hey, oh, hey, it's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap, bro. I just won. I just won. <laughs> Yo, but no, I just wanted to say to the ladies, man, he got he got brains and beauty too. <laughs> Thank you, man. man so, uh. Uh, man, that's, that's, that's all love, bro. I really appreciate your perspective. And I just want to tap into something that you said earlier where you talked about, like, seeing you being, you know, in great physical condition now that, you know, it represents a whole genre of artists. But I also want to say that the level in which you engage, just even in this conversation, man, really just reflects because a lot of times we forget that, you know, first of all, you guys have been in the industry for so long, but so many of you all started at such a young age, man. And just this is this is refreshing to understand that you're still engaged, you're still on the front line. And to your point, with having a three-year-old daughter, we all clearly have a role to play. But like you said, we got to figure out which role that is. Whether it's you donating money, you got the keys to the city where you can go and talk to the police chief. Right. You, know, you got the 19-year-old who may just need to be out there, like with a son up, Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? And this will be an experience they'll be able to tell their kids about one day. You know what I'm saying? Because at that age, right, it's like, okay, I get arrested or, or you know, something happens. That's cool. I ain't got a kid at home. I got to get back to and make sure they got formula or food. Um, different people have different responsibilities. They're on different journeys. And once we can respect that and go, okay, that's cool. That's what you can do. Do that. That's yeah. what you, you got that? Cool. All right. We yeah. can all build together. Everybody is trying, is trying to be the chief and be the head of things when, that ain't how the game works. You know what I'm saying? You have different positions to play. Yeah, for sure. Man, let's switch it up a little bit, man. I want to talk about some new new and recent music. I was uh yeah. I don't know if I was talking to you, my producer, your people. I was just saying that uh you are is, is actually uh one of one of my favorite tracks, man. It's on this little oh, wow. chill vibe. It's one of these chill vibe playlists that I have, man. You know, the one thing that I really appreciate appreciate about you the most, man, is really like your vocals, you as a vocalist, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you, you also represent, you You didn't say it, but I'm going to say it for you because you also represent a genre that could actually sing. And that ain't taking away nothing from nobody else, but y'all move, y'all dance too, but at the end of the day, you can stand there and say, say, flat foot, sing, man. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get on the track. It works both ways. You don't get on the track with Deborah Cox and Deborah Cox don't get on the track with you unless y'all both can hold it down. So as it relates to yeah, for sure, for sure. You don't notice, but I gas up all my guests. So that's just, I'm just giving you your <laughs> premium. <laughs> that's all I pump is premium, man. But, uh, but, but my point is this, uh, you know, tell us what's new, what you got, what you're working on. I know you write music for other artists yeah. for yourself. What's coming down the pipeline? Well, I mean, it's a lot going on. We got the uh, naughty, uh, next to naughty by nature um, EP. We're dropping this uh, next by nature. We got the first single um, coming whenever KG's ready because the single's ready. I really wasn't planning on doing any new next music, but when the OG hits you and he's like, he's kind of responsible for you know a lot of your success and the beginning of your success. Uh, 
you respect your, I can't say elders because he ain't that much older than me, but I guess you respect the OG. So we're doing that. I'm working on my nephew, Tylen. He got his uh, single out. It's like number 30 on the charts with um, Ronnie DeVoe from uh, New Edition. Uh, me and my partner, Brian B-Flat Cook, wrote and produced that. We got B-Flat's uh, new EP dropping. I actually have a Afrobeats album I'm putting out of Africa. I have, we just decided yesterday to drop a, um, a, a free EP, three song joint, and it's called The Letter J because I sampled Jodeci, John B, and Janet Jackson. So he's putting out three records from that. Um, and then I'm working on my album. Uh, it's called The Procession. And we got the single You Are. So there's so much going on, man. When I tell you I'm recording and writing every day, it's super fun. I've been working on gospel records for some gospel artists. It's just like, it's crazy, man. It's really cool. Man, turn up then. I mean, we say in Nashville, turn up then. But yeah, turn up then, <laughs> yo. That's love. So I definitely want to hear the J project. You got Janet, uh, John B, and Jodeci. Did you say? Yeah. Uh huh. And it's pretty much done. So I, I promise you, I'll get it to you way before it come out. We just mix in the last two records, and I, I and I was able to produce one of the songs. I my partner started telling me, man, you need to produce. Why don't you produce more? Because I've always just been in the writing arrangement part, but lately yeah. I've been really producing myself and it's really opened a whole new world up for me so it's been super fun man that's love man yo you know um <clears throat> i know i know you know about the the millennial tours you know the groups of the 2000s the, the uh b2k and imx and bow wow and all them you know they, they came together they gave the ladies the millennials uh, we, no, we, we we actually were on the tour before that, which was the 90s block party from the same promoter. It was us, Jagged, 112, some shows had Drew Hill, but it had yeah. like Key Sweat on some and it had Guy. We actually came to Nashville. It was it was super dope. That was one of my favorite shows, matter of fact, because it was at a, a spot that seemed like from the 1960s, the whole spot was like a dome. It was just shaking. I was, it was, I'm talking about for real. I remember it. I loved it. Hey, Paul. <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you, because your, your your account of where you guys perform is spot on. You said it was like a dome that was from the 1960s. You nailed it. That's called the municipal. It's the yes. municipal. <laughs> Everybody knows it goes down. Let me tell you, some greats have been in that. I ain't even got to go back too far to tell you. Because Auntie Mary J performed in the municipal, man. And you know, we show up, we show, we show up and we show out at the municipal, man. So yeah, but you know, in, in all honesty, man, I honestly feel like y'all can run that whole play back. You know, talking about Drew Hill, talking about Jodeci, talking about Jagged Edge and 112 and Next Two. Uh, I know plenty of people that would love to see y'all run that whole play back because as you know, during this whole quarantine, we've seen D Nice do his thing and He's really created a movement playing good classical stand the test of time music. And yeah. so you're talking about working on new music, but and I'm here to tell you that the music that you put out, we still love. <laughs> oh no, believe me, I stand behind it. I look forward to uh getting back on the road when we can because it's a party. And and yeah. and it's funny because my cousin is Philip Bailey from Earth Wind and Fire. So I always oh, yeah. wanted to be able to just go somewhere and sing a few words and put the mic like this and the crowd sing the rest. It becomes a party. It's not a performance anymore. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And you see, I remembered the place. So that tells you how much of an impact it had on me. It was one of my favorite shows. And we stayed at like a hotel that had like, almost like a, like seemed like a theme park, like water stuff in there and all that. It was crazy, but I, I loved yeah, it. It was so much fun. Yeah, that's Gaylord. You got a good memory, man. Yeah, that's so that you guys stayed at Gaylord Opryland. So, yeah, for the ladies watching, the next time they roll through town, y'all know they run the same play over and over. So, if you <laughs> want to get that behind the scenes signature, just, <laughs> just meet them at Gaylord. And listen, they ain't handing out nothing but signatures and autographs. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> listen, it's gonna be my mama. We're gonna have to come down there and get <laughs> always showing out. And then be having my dad pick her up from the concert. <laughs> Yo, hey, so man, let's talk about, so you on the Fatherhood is Dope podcast. First of all, if you're watching on YouTube, man, y'all stop what you're doing. Go ahead and make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Appreciate it. All right, so you're on the Fatherhood is Dope podcast. That, 
clearly what qualifies you to be here is the fact that you are a father. And we talked, uh, you mentioned your daughter. Uh, it's, it's Rory, who's, who's three? Yeah, Rory, yep. Yeah, so Rory is three. And man, you really embraced the, the title girl dad, like so many of us. But I just wanted to know at an artist of your caliber who's done so much and still really engaged in your work um, as an artist, songwriter, entertainer, like why did you find it important to like elevate the position of fatherhood on your platform? Um, there's quite a few reasons. Uh, one was when my son was born, I was, he was the reason I worked hard. Um, mm -hmm. you know, high school, like, okay, dang, I got to figure it out. Like I gotta, I gotta get it. And I give him the credit for getting me here in a lot of ways. Um, my daughter, on the other hand, is she's my reason to keep going because I could get relaxed and say, you know, let me just live off the residuals. But I literally watch her and her passion and love for music and life in general is so pure. It remind, it reminded me cause you get jaded for a minute. Yeah. It reminded me of just that un just just unfiltered love and just realness. And I wanted to share that. At first, I really, to be honest, at first I didn't. Uh, when my daughter was born, you know, she's fair skinned. And I feel like all babies look like old people when they're born. They look like aliens to me. I'm just, just keeping it 100. No, but, hey, so I took a picture with her holding her, one of the proudest moments of my life. And all of a sudden, some gentleman put on, uh, on a page, a picture of me and her, and he did a voiceover basically saying that my old lady cheated on me. It was a trick baby. I need to take the baby back to the hospital. I still got the video. It's crazy. It was one That's of the most hopeful things ever. And it actually did the opposite of what I thought it was. It was like, oh, that's what we're doing? Well, you're going to really be seeing this trick baby then because I'm going to be posting her beautiful self everywhere. And next yeah. thing you, you know, she was so unique with the, you know, with the red hair they started paying her to post pictures. So, you know, we started the wow. college and things like that. And, you know, my wife has been really good with that, but she's, she's a character and I just watching her grow and being here. Cause of course, you know, when you're in your, hey, late teens when my son was born, uh, life is, you're still learning life. Now I've mm -hmm. lived a lot and it's, 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 it's super humbling and, and, um, especially when you're setting your ways and you're used to things a certain way. And all of a sudden you're 40 years old and here comes this little person and she's like, nah, bro, this is what's going on. You want to yeah. watch what? Nah, yeah. cartoons, puppy dog pals, Paw Patrol. <laughs> it's like, oh, she runs the house, but it's actually, it's a celebration every day. It makes me really value life more. And to be honest, we talked about me working out and taking care of myself. I get up at 4.30, probably five days a week, right? And there are days that I literally go, you know what, nah. But one number pops in my head. 58. That's how old I'll be. That's how old I'll be when she graduates high school. And I still gotta be going up to Rory's school and the girls wow. going, that's your dad? I'm sorry. I gotta yeah. be the fly dad, yeah. even if I'm the older <laughs> dad. So my responsibility yeah. to her is to make sure I'm as healthy as I possibly can be. Yeah, there's hereditary things that can happen and God is in control of that, but I'm gonna do my part so that when it comes to walking her down the aisle or playing with her kids one day, that I don't want it to be, oh, you should have knew your granddad. He was really a good man. Nah, they gonna mm -hmm. know me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I'm trying yeah. to live to be a hundred, maybe a, about a hundred. So <laughs> you had a good life and be around my baby girl as much as I can. So. It's just, a, it's, it, it really pushes me. You know what yeah. I mean? It really pushes me. That's love, man. Uh, you know, I really want to know, and I think some of the, some of the viewers want to know, shout out to Brianna who just subscribed to the YouTube page too. Appreciate you, Brianna. But I think a lot of people really want to know, man, uh, man, how, you, at the end of the day, you really, you, you represent a sex symbol as well. You know, whether you call it that, but you already know how the ladies show up at your show, at the next show. <laughs> Block party show, like they showing up to see you guys. Yes, they love you vocally, but you also represent something else, man. And I'm I'm curious to know, man, how does your wife deal with that? Um, it's funny because she's become a socialite in her own right. You know, she's an executive, but then she has a, a, a online boutique, and it's humbling because shoot, today I was in my studio, got to take a bathroom break, and was walking back in. And she was like, yo, come help me with these packages. So studio stopped and I became her assistant. 
yeah. and you and you, you become you know without my daughter that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have humbled myself like that because it is it is a, a, a switch you have to turn off. You on the road and these women in the audience and you're doing this and that and you come home and it's hey and not saying that she's not my biggest fan, but um it took me maturing and to be honest. I don't really think that I became the man that I am and I'm still becoming until my daughter was born. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because a lot of times I want to react a certain way and I have to ask myself, you know, one day a man is going to be with my daughter. What if he reacted this way? And she's watching. So how can I, you know, be above this or deal with this differently? Because she's always watching. And, you know, kids are sponges, as you know. So yeah. um, I think she's, I think she's secure with it because she knows that even back when we first started, I was the old man, even though I'm the youngest of the group. I'm in the bed by 10, 10 30, because I'm getting up so early. I've always been like that. So she knows partying and doing all that kind of stuff ain't even my thing. And when it comes to drinking, I have a drink at the crib because all liquor do make me tired. <laughs> so I ain't out trying to kick it. Yeah. Hey, but speaking of liquor and you talking about your daughter, man, that'll sober you up real quick when you realize that she can be with a man that represents, you know, in some ways the worst part of you. And it's exactly. like, it sobers you up when you're like, yo, I got to show her the best part of me, even when it hurts. And I'm the first one to tell you that that's a huge challenge, man. Yo, Ooh. real talk. I, I got a question though. Who who do who do uh, folks, what celebrities do people get you messed up with? Because I'm going to tell you who I think you look like. Okay, well, of course, Teddy comes up, even though he's, you know, a little shorter than me. And um, yeah. I love you, Teddy, but your head a little bigger than mine. Uh, <laughs> we look like we could be related. But yeah. then some people say stuff like, um, oh, I thought that was the same person. I'm like, come on, man. Oh, okay. Cool. Then they give me Junior, I think, from my wife and kids. And then white folks be like, you ever heard you look like Kanye? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No, bro. They wrong. They wrong. No, sir. No, let's dead that one. No, just say no. Hey, real talk. That's like, uh, hey, shout out to Lamar who just subscribed to 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 the YouTube page. But real talk, that reminds me of like back in 08, man. I used to be a server, and if you know what was happening around that 08 time, we had Obama running for president, and on everything I love, man, every table I went to. I'm showing up. Don't ask me why I got a plate right here, but I'm showing up like, yo, here's your meal. And they's like, yo, the white folks, has anyone ever told you you look like Obama? And man, <laughs> listen, listen, I just put the biggest smile on my face. I ain't gonna lie, because I was after the bag and I said, man, if this gonna help my tip go up, yes, they have. <laughs> yes, yes, they have. Hey, I was gonna tell you though, I think you actually look like I know this is not his real name, but oh, this may be his real name anyway. Uh, Pooch Hall from the game. I don't oh, know. Wow, if that's okay, I, I, that, that's his name. I take that though. I'll be the I take that. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's his real name. Yeah, that's his real. Name. <laughs> My bad. I'm tripping, man. Well, well, you lately, know. lately they've been lately they've been saying I look like um. A comedian on Wild and Out. I, I don't know his name, but I guess on my Avi, I, I have my full beard in. So, yeah. um, people lately been coming on saying, "You, I thought this was such and such." I'm like, oh, "Okay." Yeah. Yo, hey, real talk. I saw. Um, <clears throat> oh no, this wasn't your Instagram page. I was looking at. I know you and Donnell Jones are pretty cool. I was on his uh, IG page, and I saw he did a shout out uh, to Left Eye. I don't, I'm not sure if her birthday just passed, but. Um, but I thought that was sweet, man. But it reminded me of, um, you know, Left Eye. She has that famous VH1 interview where she's kind of like breaking down the industry uh, and sales and things like that. And I don't think that streams was a thing or a part of her conversation. But when, when that comes to mind and you've been in the game for over two decades now, for any young artists or up and coming artists or even the consumer, like um, I'm just trying to see, like, what tip tidbits can you give us around, like, how the industry is working? How how are you maneuvering in the in the space where streams are the new norm? Like we don't go on Tuesdays and buy albums no more because right, my right. mom my mom used to drive us to like bebop records and buy you know music on new on new Tuesday. We was out buying the best man soundtrack trying oh, to hear. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we don't do it like that. You know, you dropping music left and right and streams, and so 
but the point is, you know, is there any tips, man, you can give up and coming artists as they try to break into the business and, you know, own their own their music? Right. Um, I think the game is super uh, oversaturated now, but there's so much great talent out. But I do think that artists, well, I always tell people, they ask me, what, like, what's my number one piece of advice? My number one piece of advice is to shut up. And what I mean by that is I can get a, in a room with uh, a server, a uh, delivery man, a uh, new artist, and I know to shut up. I can sit back and observe and absorb so many different things and still learn from each individual. Just because I'm the veteran and I've been in the game doesn't mean that I have to close myself off and do all the teaching. I can be in a room with a bunch of new cats and learn more from them than they did from me because I have a humble enough heart and a humble enough spirit to try to listen and learn from them as well. Um, Secondly, I think that I feel sorry for a lot of the artists out now because if there was social media out besides Black Planet, which we had, but we only use that for one thing, you know, trying to holler. But if there were camera phones out when I came out, I'd be dead in jail or the most hated person in the world. And that's a lot of us artists because you, yeah. you have to grow up and mature and you do stupid things. And I think a lot of these artists that are out now post everything, good and bad, not realizing that mm -hmm. this stuff is forever. So I think the biggest piece of advice is that I would give them is worry about your image. Worry about things that will follow you later. You know what I'm saying? Stand on your yeah. beliefs. If it's something you truly believe and you stand on that, cool. But if you're trying to get something for some likes or some views and it's something disrespectful, then later on you're going to be embarrassed by or your kids will be embarrassed by, it ain't worth it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was going to ask you if, if it's anything, anything funny like that happened back in the day on tour on the road prior to social media that would have made social media. It ain't. I'm a oh, yeah. I, I give you one. I give you one. I, I, I keep it 100. Um, we was at the Roseland Theater in New York. And um, I used to just be wild like because I'm the baby and I wanted, yeah. I'm a middle child. So I didn't get a lot of attention. I know Jay-Z was there. All these people was there. It was the Roseland Theater. It was this real historical place in New York. So I knew my group members, they would always, they're real brothers. They would always get on me. And I knew I would really piss them off. So I said, I told my security, I said, I'm getting naked on stage. <laughs> and he, said, he, was laugh, he was laughing. So we got to this part. We used to come down to our boxers or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was it was because we didn't have a lot of time to change clothes backstage. So me and one of my group members, we would get halfway undressed on stage, run to the back, throw on our other outfits. Man, I got butt booty naked on stage. And if there was camera phones and all that back then, I I, I would have got arrested too. You know what I'm saying? Like they would have arrested my dumb self. But, you know, I was, I was probably 19, 20, just yeah, like living. Yeah, just really just wilding out, you know, doing, you know, when you go, that was my college. That yeah. was really my college. You know yeah. what I mean? Just... Just, just really trying to reach for the extreme. What can I do that won't that'll get me right there to not going to jail? Right there at the edge. You know what I'm saying? Right there at the edge of getting in trouble. You know, just testing the limits, which was which was super irresponsible. Yeah. But thinking if you take that and put it into a time now, that's going everywhere. You get locked up. Um, yeah. It's gonna be played forever everywhere. You're never gonna be able to live it down like the Michael Jordan crying face. You're never gonna live it yeah. down. And it's a wrap. So for these for these younger artists coming up, I just want them to be more cognizant of the environment and knowing that there's always somebody with a camera trying to catch you up. Hey, but not just the artists, because you really are a multi-generational father. You got a daughter that's three and you got a son that's in his 20s. Yeah. You know, I mean, what type of advice are you giving him? It's Charles, right? Yeah, Charles. Yeah. So what, what type of advice are you giving him? Uh, you know, as it relates to how he's showing up in the world, too. Well, the truth is, my son is a little different. He think he got swag, but you know, there's a there's a difference growing up in the inner city, and that's why we worked so hard so that you know he didn't have to. Yeah. But that also means that he doesn't have certain spider senses, spidey senses, that I try to instill in him. But um, he's getting better as he's getting older because you grow up. Um, with these kids from other cultures and all of a sudden you wake up one day and you realize that their family is Trump supporters and they don't view you as an equal like you thought. 
So I think that right now has he's probably a little shell shocked to realize some of these people he probably played soccer with, spent the night at their house and hung with either them or their parents or somebody doesn't view him as an equal. Um, so it's always just to be careful. For me, it's like learn from my mistakes. Like we've had, like when I say like real conversations to where we talked about, you know, when he, him being conceived and that like realistically, um, I'm gonna keep it one. I told him, I said, look, when, when, when your mom got pregnant, they sent her away. And I was like, in hindsight, that was the best thing they did because being a young kid from the hood, I'd have tried to get to her and been like, yo, let's just, you know, let me get that $600 and, you know, and, and I love life. I love my kids. But in reality, at that age, in my mindset of being from the inner city and not knowing any better, I'd have panicked and been like, yo, we got to go take care of that. He's the one of the best things that ever happened to me. But that's how real of conversations we have. And you know what he said yeah. to me? I totally understand that because if it was me, I would have probably thought the same thing because he knows how much he means to me. And he knows that even though I don't post him a lot because he's grown and he don't want to be all on my social media, no way, that him and his sister's love is equal. I yeah. love them differently, of course, but it's equal. He's just grown now. You know what I mean? So instead of me yeah. giving him a hug yeah. and a doll, I might throw him a hundred bucks, a couple hundred dollars in cash at. He don't want the, the little Paw Patrol, Peppa Pig. Yeah, he want yeah. that paper pig. So it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, that's love, man. And and quite frankly, man, I mean, I feel like I feel like a lot of parents need to hear that. I mean, I'm 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 21 years older than my youngest brother. You know what I'm saying? And 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 this is becoming more coming now. And parents, 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 parent differently. You know, because I used to look back at my parents like. Y'all, something not right. This is not fair. I'm judging y'all because I'm gonna say it like this: y'all didn't spare no ride with me, and this boy is 13 now, and y'all ain't never laid a finger on him. <laughs> something not adding up. Now he a different breed. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him, that. I'm gonna give him that. But but yeah, man, I think uh, you know you go from Peppa Pig and Paw Patrol to Peppa Paper. You know what I'm saying? Like cat for real, like real life. <laughs> I need you to cash on me, man. That's all love. Hey, we're getting ready to land the plane here. You know, you've been so generous with your time and so patient as we work through, I don't know, my Wi-Fi, just technical difficulties, period. But I appreciate it. Uh, before I go, man, you know, I think about uh, artists like um, who have timeless music that comes around every year. So you got like Mariah Carey with All I Want for Christmas. But then when I think about RL and I think about uh, wedding season, man, and I want to know like, how how surprised are you to know that uh wifey is still being played at weddings and parties like all around the world? Uh, you know, it's funny because you know, when I wrote the record, um for a long time I got backlash from women because they were going, Why can't it be wife? Why is it wifey? Hmm. And I'm like, Well, <laughs> I'm from the hood. It's I'm it's basically like really? I would see men go, I, I would see men that would go, look. My That's credit wife. is bad. I don't want to, exactly. And I don't want to mess your credit up. My credit is bad. We married, you got a ring on. We just might not have a piece of paper, which I want to have, or yeah. I ain't got the paper like I want you to give you the wedding that I really want you to have. You know, women say now, oh, that, that matters. Sure it doesn't. Okay, cool. But a guy wants to give you a certain lifestyle, a certain, you know, if he really cares about you, he wants to give you the world. And a lot of times a guy like, you know, I'm working on it. I got to get it together. So I, at first there was a, a negative connotation around the word wifey from a lot of women. I thought they were kind of like reaching, but now, you know, it's the, there's been a resurgence of them really celebrating it, I think, and understanding that it's it's wife. It's just the, the hood term for wife, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's love, man. Ladies and gentlemen, man, it's RL, the artist, the songwriter, the entertainer, the husband, the father, the sex symbol. The the lady, <laughs> listen. I'm just going down the list. I'm, I'm read up on you, man. RL, man, it's it's been love, man. I really I really appreciate your time, man. Uh, you know, you didn't have to make it happen, but you did. And uh, yeah, I know. What, what's, what's, what's your what's, what's your mother's name? Melissa. Miss Melissa. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me pull out my phone. 
I'm dealing with right now. You flip my whole life upside down. I don't want your help. I don't need your sympathy. What can a brother do for me? He can help me up when you are down. What can a brother do for me? He can be your eyes and you can see. What can a brother do for me? He can help me be the best man I can. I can be, oh, I can be, oh, I can be, oh, I can be. Help me be the best man I can. <laughs> That's what Ms. Melissa now. <laughs> Tell Pops not to kill me. I just had to give you the vocals. Hey. <laughs> yo, no cap, no gas, all that stuff. Yo. Hey, Mom, that's for you, real talk. Well, bruh, I wasn't kidding when I told you that's one of my favorite tracks on my favorite soundtrack of all time, man, bro. Thank you, bro. That was, that's, that's crazy, man. Hey, you know I'm sending this one straight to social media. I ain't no cap. <laughs> this is going straight to IG. Let me let me tell you. I know you were you know concerned with the technical difficulties early on, but man, I'm so honored to be on here. Just the the name of your of your podcast and everything, and the positive energy. And I know AJ is, is going to put me in front of positive, great people. Yeah. I know that you're doing great things. It's going to get even bigger than this. And when I see you doing this on even a larger scale, hopefully you'll fit me in for a two minute interview. I, oh, I, Melissa, you, you Melissa, you raised a great man. Um, Honestly, man, I'm honored to be right here on your show. And I'm not, no no gas, as you say. Uh, when I'm out in the Ville, we got to get up. You got to come to a show when all of this quarantine mm -hmm. is, is over. I'm honored to be your guest, man. It, it means the world to me, honestly. Say less. Say less. I'm there. We're going to make it happen. I'm glad you brought him up, man. I do want to shout out the big homie, AJ, big boy, AJ, Antonio Ben. Man, I, I want to say this real quick because AJ and I, you know we go back to school days. And what you see now, AJ and I used to, we, we both worked in the radio station, communication students. Man, we used to be in the radio station three, four o'clock in the morning. And AJ, AJ didn't have a car at the time, man. So I'd be hauling AJ, <laughs> he lived off campus. I'd be hauling AJ 20 minutes off campus, man. Getting home at four o'clock in the morning, right back on campus, 8.30, grinding like we was already in the industry, man. So. I just want to say you connected with, with with a good brother, man, and he's my brother forever for life. You already know that. So, AJ, I love you, bro. I really appreciate you making this happen. RL, I love you, bro. I appreciate you making this happen, man. Thank you, man. For sure. We for sure. Yo, you've been tuned in to Fatherhood Is Dope, the podcast. I'm your guy, Aaron, man. I really appreciate y'all showing love. Of course, I don't want you to log off without subscribing to the podcast. You can also hear the podcast on Apple Podcasts as well. And you can follow us on all social media platforms at Fatherhood Is Dope. And make sure you check out my man, RL, at Just RL on all social media platforms, man. Yeah. Tap into Instagram page. You get to see him being an amazing father, man, and just spreading that joy, that love, and them vocals, baby. <laughs> Hey, mama, I want peach cobbler, cornbread, <laughs> all the everything. I don't even really eat meat like that no more, but I'll take a <laughs> Kool-Aid. <laughs> hey, it's been real, man. Father, this is dope. Peace. Appreciate you all. all right, peace out, man. You already Joe. know.